What's up, everyone? We got another episode of Saturday Standouts for you guys. Um, as you can tell, it's obviously not Wednesday night where we usually run our show, but it is Thursday and it's an hour earlier. So hopefully you guys are in here and ready to talk a little bit of college football with us. Um, shoot anything in the comments you want to. We had great interaction last time. We love to have more. Any questions, anything like that, it's great to have. Uh, keeps it very interactive between us and the fans. So um, I'll go ahead and toss it over to my co-host, Sam, so he can uh, say what's up to everybody. Yeah, I mean, like Caleb said, he kind of hit it right on the money there. Um, hope you all enjoyed the NBA draft. Uh, I know I was a Bucks fan. Obviously, the Bogdan trade didn't go through. That sucks. But, I mean, Jordan Nuora, kind of best player available, one of the top shooters, underrated shooters in the draft. But, yeah, I mean, as a Bucks fan, pretty content with the draft. But lots more to do in free agency. <laughs> uh, when you went ahead and plugged your your basketball comments in there. I'll plug mine in. Uh, so I'm an old fan. I got two guys going in the lottery yes, last night in Denver. So and Pat Williams at four uh, really shook up the Twitter road there. Pat, uh, good for you. Um, each of them getting, you know, fat guaranteed money being drafted in the lottery. So good for them. Uh, for one, one bad team, you know, leads into a good team. So I can't be complaining too much. Um, but before we get started here, um, I'll go ahead and do a little bit of plug action for our sponsors. If you guys look down there at the ticker, uh, if you bet or bet regularly, don't bet at all, bet once a month, uh, whatever you do, head over to mybookie.ag and use code USN100 for double your first deposit, guys. So if you deposit, at, I think it's at least $45 or more, you will get double that deposit back from mybookie.ag. So say you deposit 100 bucks, you're going to get an extra $100 from them. So you have $200 to play with. So Great stuff going over there at my bookie. Got you know, Maction has been big for me um, recently throughout the week on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. You know, make some of that money back. It's great stuff. Um, and then on top of mybookie.ag, we've got another sponsor in RX Hemp. So head over to rxhemp.com, and it, it is a all natural CBD pain relief cream. It's great for your back at night. Um, I use it to help me go to bed, so my back's not hurting. Great for your knees if you're a runner. You do um, a lot of standing throughout the day. If you're an ex-athlete who, uh, you know, has pain in their their shoulders, their elbows, or whatever, um, use it on that. And you get 10% off if you head over there and use code RxHemp-USN, and you'll get 10% off every single purchase, not just your first one. So um, one's in every purchase, one's your first deposit. So great stuff. We'll be running that ticker all night. So if you guys are joining in, be able to watch that and uh, take a peek at it. I mean, just head over there and check out RxHemp.com. I mean, it's that easy to go over there, just click it, see if there's anything that interests or piques your interest. And, you know, you might find something that you might like. Same with my bookie. They run deals all the time, um, all the time, if, excuse me, even like on, on specific games on game days. So um, really awesome stuff, guys, that USN has going with these two companies. But um, without further ado, we'll go ahead and jump into to the show here. And we always start out, you know, each and every week, Sam, with our standout team from week 11. And I'll let you take, you know, the reins on this one heading into uh, um, the podcast. Sure. And, uh, I mean, you talked about your standout player being Quiddy Pay. Um, Quiddy Pay ended, ended up not playing, which obviously I was unaware of. I didn't realize he was kind of a game time decision, I guess, going into. Actually, he didn't even suit up. So, um, but they didn't have Quiddy Pay. They didn't have Aiden Hutchinson. My standout team is Wisconsin Badgers. And um, you and I finally got our wish. I mean, I, I, like every other Wisconsin fan, we finally got to see Jalen Berger play. Um, and 15 for 87, a touchdown. Um, Graham Mertz was 12 for 12 for 100 or 12 for 22, uh, 127 and two touchdowns, 70, 73.6 QB rating. I mean, to me, that's still very good for, you know, taking two weeks off. 
um, not being able, they didn't, they didn't get to practice until um, the Monday before um, the Monday before that game. Um, and through the first few weeks of the season, Joe Milton looked legit. Joe Milton looked like a very promising quarterback. And you talked about Shea Patterson a while ago too. So, oh, you know what it's like, like trying to live up to that Michigan hype. Joe Milton looked legit the first few weeks. And I mean, one of the interceptions he threw, I think Kirk Herbstreit even said it like, we were all wondering, oh, where, where, who are you throwing to? And like, I don't know if he was like, just, I think Kirk Herbstreit like brought up his vision, like, oh, like he just didn't see him. Like, I, that was all over Twitter. Like, that was, that was a very, like, one of the worst interceptions I'd seen <laughs> in a long time. Um, but Leo Chanel, um, sophomore, um, was one of their top tacklers. Uh, finished with three total tackles and a sack. Um, and he's only a sophomore. I mean, it's it's really awesome to see um, a young team like this really stand out. And Jalen Berg is a freshman coming out of New Jersey. He committed. Um, he committed like on like live at the All American Bowl. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I I'm very impressed with this team. And Jim Harbaugh, uh, I think uh, I'm pretty sure at his press conference. He acknowledged the fact that there was a problem. Um, I didn't listen to the whole press conference. I saw certain quotes on Twitter from what someone was quoting it from. Um, but, I mean, the player development is just not good, especially for the quarterback position. Um, and it seems like Zach Charbonnet is getting a lot of hype because you, you hear a lot of him on that offense. Obviously, we didn't see much from him at all. Um, but the player development for that team, especially at the quarterback position, is just not good. I mean – when you think of Michigan, I feel like you're definitely they're definitely known for their defense. Um, and Shea Patterson was sacked multiple times. Like it was, it was not pretty last year. And obviously, with the opt out of I believe Jalen Mayfield, Jalen Mayfield's back, obviously. But um, when he was initially opted out, that didn't help him at all. Um, that's going to be a fascinating guy too. Is there's some people that have him um, ranked as a first round talent. Um, so. I've, um, Wisconsin is definitely my standout team, um, despite the losses of Aiden Hutchinson and um, Cody Pay. Aiden Hutchinson's out um, with a lower leg fracture, I believe it is. Um, he's out indefinitely, um, and they're hoping to get Cody Pay back this week against Rutgers. Um, but I definitely got Wisconsin as my standout team. Yeah, Wisconsin has been a real, you know, surprise to everybody to start the year and how they change things around change things around from how they usually run things especially on the offensive side of the ball but they're still showing their team to be reckoned with on the defensive side of the ball as well um michigan is not living up to what we thought they were going to be this year um again started off with all the talk had one good game everybody's back on the michigan train at that point and then you know it just comes crashing down in a snowball effect so um i don't blame you picking wisconsin there it's a great pick a great team I think they're going to finish out the year strong in the Big Ten. They got a pretty decent schedule ahead of them. It's not too difficult. So um, expect Wisconsin to be, you know, kind of up there towards, you know, the rankings by the time it's all said and done. But I'll get, I'll jump into my Week 11 standout team, and that's the Florida Gators. Um, you know, after that AM loss, everybody was kind of on them, like, no, they're not going to make it. And then they come out there and, and put it on Georgia. And then right here again, you got another good defense that you have to face in Arkansas this past week in Week 11. Um, Arkansas is a good, got a good defense. So, if you look at the final score, you wouldn't think that um, Florida <laughs> beat Arkansas 63 to 35. Um, Florida's defense played much better than they have all season. Um, they still gave up 35 points, uh, albeit, but um, it is what it is when it comes to that. But the real you know, star in, in the making here 
is I don't want to, you know, speak on one player too much, but I mean, Kyle Trask, uh, you can't say enough about what this guy is able to do in the, in the pocket, outside the pocket, stepping up in the pocket. He's just an all around pretty solid quarterback. And, you know, we talk about drafts, picks and people moving up and in, in their stock and everything on this show um, pretty often, pretty much every show. And uh, Kyle Trask is, is doing a good, good, good job of, you know, showing what he's got to NFL scouts and everybody out there that's watching him. I mean, you complete 23 of your 29 passing attempts. You only throw six incompletions, pretty insane. 12.3 average for 356 yards, six touchdowns. So uh, what a day. Uh, you can't say enough about the guy. I mean, Emery Jones comes in, throws four of seven, gets a little bit of a run back there too, and throws a touchdown himself. Um, the quarterbacks looked good. I mean, Florida, Florida's rushing backfield, very spread out. Uh, Pierce and Wright both over 50, and then you have Emory Jones adding 37 at the quarterback position and Davis adding 37 more as well uh, for a total of 208 rushing yards uh, for a Florida Gator offense. So they weren't solely relying on the on the pass there, but, I mean, you put up close to over 600 yards of offense, you're going to win that game pretty handily against the good defenses is really what I'm trying to point out here because Arkansas is, is a good defensive team. Um, they're usually – I think they're top – 30 in almost every defensive category. So it's great stuff there. Um, Trevon, Trevin Grimes had another good day. And this is who um, everybody kind of pointed out at the beginning of the year. This is Tre Trevin Grimes is, you know, it's up to Tre Trevin Grimes to, you know, be the playmaker on this offensive side of the football. And, you know, he, he has been, um, but he hasn't necessarily been to the level that we all, you know, had, had made it seem like he should be. So, I mean, he had six catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns. So, that's really really big for for Grimes to have two touchdowns there. Henderson added another touchdown in 62 yards. Um, Kadarius Tony added 57 more yards. Didn't get a touchdown. He usually does. We'll talk about him a little bit later. So um, great work out there from the offensive side of the ball as well. No matter who was touching the ball, it seemed like it was working in Florida's favor. Uh, and Kyle Trask is, is a legit guy to be moving up the draft here. Um, they have a couple guys that are. I mean, they already have Kyle Pitts, who who we've talked about and everything like that. I'm sure we've talked about um, Trask as well, but um, we'll come up with somebody later that we haven't quite talked about. And it'll be interesting to, you know, kind of talk about where he's headed. Um, Florida has a sneaky chance to, you know, back end its way back into the college football playoff talk, depending on what happens, if there's an SEC championship game or not. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on this Florida Gator team as they move ahead. Um, they can't drop one from here on out, but this offense is uh, rolling down the tracks right now, and it's it's hard to stop them. Yeah, and it's – I mean, obviously, like, through the first few weeks of the season, it was the Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts show. It was the, it was the, it was the Kyle show. And um, and like you mentioned, like, Trevin Grimes, Clemson, Clemson wins all makes the college football playoff. Um, I think if they do win up, they're going to make it. Again, I'm my friend texted me the other night. Um, I'm still not sold on Notre Dame. Um, Ian Book had a really nice game. Um, their defense looks really legit. I love Jeremiah Wusokoromoa. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I'm i still not sold on Notre Dame because if you put in Trevor Lawrence in that game, that's a completely different game. Uh, obviously, ETN did go two straight weeks with a fumble recovery or a fumble touchdown, one against Boston College. I believe the other one was against Notre Dame the following week. But, um I do think if Clemson does one out, they get in. Um, but because I personally see one and two being uh, Bama, Ohio State. Um, Florida, I think, has a chance. Florida would have to win out because obviously Georgia, we mentioned a few weeks ago that Florida-Georgia game is going to be very crucial. Um, I think Georgia's got a shot. Um, 
or not Georgia, I'm sorry. Uh, I think Florida does have a strong shot still. Um, I think that one through five, if I'm not mistaken, didn't change. I think the Aggies are still at five. Um, but Florida will most likely be facing Bama in the, in the SEC championship game. And they're coming in with a one loss team or with one loss to the Aggies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that four is up for grabs. But to me, one through three is um, one through three is uh, Bama, Ohio State, uh, Clemson, um, unless someone moves up. But Clemson lost to Notre Dame again. But if it would have been Trevor Lawrence, then it would have been completely different. But uh, I was going to bring up Florida. Uh, you mentioned Trevor Grimes. Um, I think you and I were kind of not necessarily high on him, but like we we started to realize the hype. And first few weeks of the season, it was uh, it was it was the Kyle show, and now we're with both Kyles, and now we're we're starting to see more guys. And Kadarius Tony's a really fascinating wide receiver prospect because he's really flying up the boards. And Tadero Slayton, we talked about last week, kind of without with the losses of David Reese and Jonathan Gennard. Um, they're expecting a new guy in that front D line to step up and be that leader. I mean, we only saw one tackle from him last or this past week. Uh, he had five. He was the top tackler last two weeks ago um, against a strong Georgia Georgia offense. He had five ta- five total tackles. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I love the Florida pick. That was actually my second choice that I was going to pick. But yeah, I I definitely like that a lot, and especially with Kyle Pitts out. Um, the fact that they were still able to put up sixty three points against a strong Arkansas defense. Um, is very promising, and Kyle Trask is really starting to sell me, um, and I think he um, definitely rightfully so up in the Heisman conversation. Yeah, I think we both picked two pretty strong teams for our standout uh, Week Eleven teams that have you know really put on a show there and are you know expected to do the same thing the rest of the season. So looking forward to watching both of them. But without further ado, we'll go ahead and jump into our Week Eleven standout players from last week and. Uh, Sam, you want to go ahead and get us started with your offensive standout player from last week? Yeah, sure. Um, so I got Tyler Shaw from the Pac-12. Um, he's he threw three twelve, three hundred twelve, four four touchdowns and interception. Had a ninety two five QBR rating, um, which that's what he has right now through two games. Granted, it is only two games, but he is fourth in the nation with QB rating. And I wanted to bring up. Tyler Shaw, which is interesting because you're seeing a little bit of mobility from him um, throughout these first few weeks. And you look at Justin Herbert in the NFL, you're seeing so much mobility. And, like, it's almost it almost seems as if Oregon just didn't unlock his full potential, and which to me is, like, absolutely crazy. And, like, you're seeing a lot of mobility at, from Herbert um, at the NFL level. But Shaw looks strong. Shaw looks legit. Um, through two games obviously yes it is only two games but um, Tyler Shaw looks legit he's got a strong arm and you're seeing a little bit of mobility Um, I think he's got like 122 yards he might have a touchdown if I'm not mistaken but um, again I've I've been I was really impressed with him Um, I think CJ Verdell is up there in the top half of the of the of um, in the Pac-12 rankings in terms of rushing Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with Tyler Shaw. Um, I'm not necessarily just this week because um, I think he's got five touchdowns throughout the first few weeks. He went, he threw four touchdowns this past week um, in his first week. Um, he went through um, – his first week he had a touchdown and interception, if I'm not mistaken. And um, they are going up against UCLA. 
um, who just beat a strong Cal defense. So, I mean, that's some decent competition, but I still see Tyler Shaw and Oregon beating, winning that game. Yeah, I mean, just watching his film here, he, he looks good. It looks like Oregon's putting in him a lot of different situations. Mm-hmm. With last year, um, Herbert was more – they kept him in the pocket. They didn't, you know, call plays to get him outside or call – um, RPOs that often as much as they have off of this video alone that I'm watching with Shaw, with Shaw. Um, and it's just very intriguing to see guys quick. Um, I didn't necessarily think he was going to be, you know, one of those runners, especially in Chris Ball's offense or um, whoever their offense coordinator is running the show there, but um, he looks good. And we, me and you both had question marks when it came to how is it going to look with a different quarterback in there without the leadership role of, you know, Herbert and everything because Herbert was there for three years or four, maybe. Um, but he, he is, you know, really living up to the hype and it is two games. So we'll continue to see, you know, how he does the rest of the season there in the pac 12. But we'll move on from your guy and we'll move into my guy. And that is going to be UNC's quarterback, Sam Howell. Um, Sam Howell had an absolute game this past weekend, he had seven touchdowns total. Um, it was incredible performance by Sam Howell and the UNC offense there. Um, I think he had six touchdowns through the air and then one on the ground. So, yeah, he went 32 of 45. So, uh, 71%, 71% completions percentage, which is absolutely insane when you throw 45 attempts in a game. Um, they only go on to win this one by six points, but that's because – uh, UNC's defense doesn't really do much on that side of the ball. I mean, Florida State beats you for for Christ's sake. So um, 550 yards, uh, over 500 yards. He, he's just an animal of an offensive player. He does the job. 12.2 average, six touchdowns, did throw one pick. Also had a 75-yard bomb and a 93.1 QBR. Took two sacks. But overall, a great day against a Wake Forest team that's probably shouldn't even be in this game to begin with, but um, is – just based off the fact that their defense isn't all that great. Um, but Sam Howell is looking every week more and more legit in the quarterback that was expected to, that he was expected to be coming into college football. And um, it's not time for him to, you know, you know, get ready for the NFL draft or anything. But once it's his time, he's really going to, you know, put on a performance for these, these NFL scouts and everything. And it'll come down to, you know, how he tests when it comes to, you know, the testing and combine and everything there for the NFL. So, uh, I love Sam Howell. I hate it that he didn't go to Florida State, but um, it's it's good to see him doing well and putting up the type of numbers he is there at UNC. Yeah, this is such a strong offense, too. And, I mean, Diamond Brown and Daz Newsome. Um, Disgusting. Disgusting. Trying to, trying to think of their running back because they have two strong ones, and one of them is, like, really gaining a t- more attention for that running back class. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Sam Howell um, – He'll be twenty. He'll be in the twenty-two draft class, and I talked about him being close with uh, with Keen Slovis. Um, but if he keeps this up with that strong offense that he has and that unbelievable talent that he has, he's going to start setting himself apart um, with that. Obviously, again, like Keen Slovis and the Pac-12 have only played two games, but um, USC has won. USC's two and zero from two close games, um, and I'm. We're we're high on their offense, their defense. Obviously, they don't have Jay Tefeli. Um, Hufanga is one of their top tacklers right now, um, along with uh, Palomau. Um, so they they have certain defensive players, but they need 
they need more uh, standout guys. I mean, obviously, JTFL was a big loss for them, but um, unfortunately, obviously, it's in conference games. But if this, if this, hopefully, maybe next year, um, if we see a potential matchup with this, uh, like as a non-conference game, it would. I mean, the Keaton Slovis versus Sam Howell would be a very intriguing matchup to watch. But I mean, if Sam Howell keeps this up, I think he's gonna start setting himself apart and the, he, he has another year to, to mm-hmm. really solidify himself. Yeah. And you mentioned Daz Newsome. He had an absolute <clears throat> game, dude. I think he had maybe 12 catches or something ridiculous like that for 200 yards, I think right on the dot or right around there. So uh, you got a wide receiver, that type of weapon on the outside. <laughs> I mean, you could probably put anybody back there and, you know, make them look good. So um, Daz Newsome, thank you for, for making my, my Saturday stand-up pick look great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we'll go to the defensive side of the ball here, Sam. And who is your defensive, you know, standout player from last week? I've got Jalen Phillips. And obviously Gregory Russo was a big loss. They lost Garvin to the draft. Um, and you're starting to see more from Jalen Phillips, more so than Quincy Roche at times. And I'll get to Quincy Roche in just a bit because I really want to talk about Christian Derrissaw in that matchup. Um, but you saw more out of um, Jalen Phillips. Um, really nice body for him. I love his athleticism off the ball, or uh, athleticism and explosiveness <laughs> off the ball. Um, um, I think he had, what did he have, five total tackles on that? Eight, eight total and two and a half sacks. Um, he got 16 total tackles and five sacks throughout the season right now. Um, so, I mean, with the loss of Russo, um, Jalen Phillips has really stepped up. And obviously, Gregory Russo has some pretty pretty big shoes to fill. Um, but, I mean, you know Miami with the turnover chain and with that stud of a edge rushing, pass rushing core. Um, with I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying Quincy Roche has been disappointing, but, I mean, I've, I, I, I saw a lot more out of um, Jalen Phillips, especially this week. Um, so I definitely have Jalen Phillips. Yeah, he's he's looked real good. Uh, watching film here, I think this is last season's highlights, but or maybe the first half of the season. Nope, this is last season. Um, Blackman's still back there. Or nope, that's this season. What am I talking about? Um, but yeah, he's looked good. He has you know outperformed Roche in terms of you know that defensive edge position there for Miami. Um, he he's doing a lot of work. He looks good. He's nice, you know, thin, lean frame there on the outside. Real great. And where it gets off real quickly, the ball sees the ball quickly, gets to the person who has the ball fast. So um, Jalen Phillips is definitely somebody to keep an eye on, you know, moving ahead, no matter where he's at. Um, I mean, look at this. Good Lord. <coughs> Good Lord. <laughs> um, yeah, it's against my team, guys. So everybody laugh at Caleb. Ha, 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 ha. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. He's a freak. Um, just one of those guys. So um, I really love being able to watch him you know, play and create havoc in the backfield or on run plays or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it's overall, you know, going to be good for Miami in the future when it comes to their defensive sides. And, and they always, you know, tend to have good edges or a good line anyway. So um, it just adds more fuel to the fire, if you ask me, with Jalen Phillips, you know, kind of breaking out here this year. And I talked about Shaka Tony too a few weeks ago being that, like, one of right. my guys to watch and technically um, – potentially one of those underrated guys. I mean, if Jalen Phillips keeps this up, um, I think we could be seeing that out of him. I'd be anxious to see. I haven't looked at his draft stock recently, but he's been garnering a lot of attention in the edge rushing class. 
Yeah, that, that's good for him. And you can only go up from there, you know. So uh, it, it's 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 this edge rushing class is just, you know, something else, in my opinion. There's going to be a lot of guys out there that, you know, can produce for an NFL team. But, uh, well, I guess we'll bring in another type of guy on the defensive side of the ball for me, and that is going to be Jarrell White. If you guys remember correctly, Jarrell White started off in Cincinnati as a running back, actually. Um so pretty interesting to see where he's at in terms of his career now. And that is with Cincinnati as a linebacker. So uh, he had an absolute day. Of course, these are his last year's highlights. So um, you can just see the type of player he is. But yeah, not not the biggest guy. Quick, though. Very fast. Um, reads and reacts very quickly. And uh, this past weekend, they played Eastern Carolina. So uh, I think they were at home for that one. And they walloped them 55 to 17. Uh, holding them to 17 points is huge, especially by the play of, of this man right here in Jarrell White. Had seven tackles, two solo, five were assisted on, and one sack, doing what it takes to get into the backfield, create havoc back there. Not only did he do that, but he had an interception for 26 yards and another pass defended. So um, guy was all over the field this past weekend. He uh, has actually been moving himself up a, a couple of draft boards and everything now recently too. Um, he, he, I think he's a senior if I'm not mistaken, um, with Cincinnati. Yeah, he's a senior, so um, probably might not, if he gets drafted, it'll be late rounds, but um, anybody who can get a player like this who has the, you know, want to and the will to put his head in there, get in the backfield, um, just kind of take on whatever he's asked to, you know, just do his job ultimately is what this guy does. And then if the plays come to him, he's going to make the play. So I'm really excited to see what Jarrell White does for the rest of the season after this huge game against ECU. Hey, me just watching that ECU game, he really plays with a high motor. And, I mean, I don't know if you saw that um, kick return um, when Zach Bond was playing. Because Zach Bond's been starting to make a name for himself over on special teams. I'm a third-round pick um, out of Wisconsin. And I'm trying to remember who returned the ball. It was, oh, it was Jarek McKinnon because um, the Saints played the Niners. And – um, Zach Bond had a vicious hit, and I bring that up because Zach Bond does not—he is undersized, and he is—he does not meet that typical mold that you want in an edge rusher in terms of body frame. And Zach Bond's another guy that never takes plays off, and he's even watching some of these other some of these highlights, and especially East Carolina. Um, Gerald White is another guy that is—he'll come out of nowhere, and make make those explosive plays like that um and never take plays off and one player um that i'm kind of interested i mean nobody really talks about him and i he was going to be one of my draft guys to watch this week but i decided to go elsewhere um that's xavier thomas um xavier thomas is playing um they're playing a florida state who is now like basically in re not basically they are in rebuild mode Uh (laughs) yes we are (laughs) <laughs> they rebuild mode. Obviously, they don't have Tamori and Terry anymore, which is a pretty big loss to that team. Um, so I'm hoping for a big game out of Xavier Thomas. But I'm obviously I decided to go elsewhere with that defensive pick. But just thought I'd bring that up. I mean, yeah, I mean he's 5'10", 205. So I mean I think his size is going to actually it will have a factor. Um, you mentioned late rounds. Um, I think if he does keep this up, he could. Yeah, he probably could be maybe one of those late round gems um, that plays a really nice factor in special teams. But um, I really like what I saw on him as well, especially at East Carolina. I think he was the second leading tackler on that defense, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, and I mean, I didn't really watch the film because um, I was busy, you know, looking at stats and everything <clears throat> there. But when I did turn it on, I was like, my God, um, you're not lying. Guys, just go get it. I'm going to make a big play. Um, and, I mean, there's plenty of teams in the NFL that I could use a guy like that. Who knows if it translates into, you know, a solid, you know, minutes guy in the NFL or solid snap guy in the NFL. But like you said, he could be a, a huge contributor on on special teams. Then all, uh, so be it. I mean, that sometimes that's all you need is a guy like that who, you know, cares no matter where he's playing on the field. And I mean, that's how you see Jarrell White. He looks like he cares. He just wants to be on the field there. So um, awesome for him. Great game at ECU. Um, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into our NFL draft prospects to watch for, for week 12, Sam. Yeah, so um, I so I picked Chuba Hubbard, um, and obviously, I mean, I've, I've this is probably the most one of, if not the most intriguing matchup of the week. Um, obviously, the big not only not just the Big Twelve, but college football as a whole. I mean, Chuba Hubbard is playing; um, they're playing Oklahoma, and I think another guy to watch for that defense, for that run defense, is going to be Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma, a guy that's. Um, a big run stuffer, a big body force. And we were just talking about Shuba Hubbard and Najee Harris is really raising his draft stock. And I think it was pro football network. I read this and they said, Oh, like there's really not a ton that Shuba Hubbard can do. And it also doesn't look good that Oklahoma state doesn't have the greatest wins. I mean, they almost lost a Tulsa week one and they went and put in the third string quarterback, uh, Shane Illingworth um, after experimenting with Ethan Bullock, who just, to, to me, he just didn't look that confident. Um, and I mentioned Chuba Hubbard. One thing that was setting him apart from ETN is um, his decision-making. And, I mean, obviously, ETN, I think, has definitely improved on that. And I, To me, I really only see ETN as the first-round talent running back in this draft. Um, but I think Ho Hubbard is definitely one to watch um, because I think Amber said this on our the very first college game day that we have um, over on – um, Unwrapped University Saturday mornings. Um, was it 10 a.m.? 10 a.m. Central Time. Um, 11 Eastern. Yep. Um, she said the Big 12 as a whole. I mean, with the is like is disappointing this year, and I couldn't agree more. And um, I mean, the, the, this these two teams, OK State and Oklahoma, are like the teams of the Big 12 to watch this year. Um, obviously, Texas. I think you could probably put it three, but um, th this is this is an intriguing matchup, and I think if. I think if, if there's a big game from Chuba Hubbard, if we see a big game out of him, I think this is going to be a big statement for them. Um, and I, I also think it doesn't help that some of the wins that Oklahoma State has aren't the greatest. Um, and I feel like that is part of the reason um, why, why why nobody really talks about Chuba Hubbard much. Um, but I definitely have Chuba Hubbard, and I think this is going to be – if he goes off, I think this could be a big statement win um, or a big statement game from Hubbard. Yeah, I 100% I agree with you, Sam. Uh, I, I don't think that his stock can go up or down. Um, I mean, maybe a, a major injury or, or something like that, you know, could cause his draft stock to unless, slip. But unless he just stood, like, out of the blue, all out of nowhere, just like, we like what what Chuba Hubbard are we watching? Like, if he just doesn't do anything, then, yeah, I mean, that – Or right, injury that I, think just had. Be, I think there would have to be more in consecutive games in a row other than just, right. you know, one game he doesn't play that well. Right. So – but the one thing I'm noticing, you know, after watching last year's film on him right now is that we're not seeing these plays from him this year. Like mm -hmm. these, these plays where he's ripping off 70, 80 yard runs, 
it, it's just in last year it just took everybody by surprise and everybody was in awe of what he was able to do on the football field and um the speed and you know the elusiveness that he has he still has it but i don't know what the deal is he hasn't been able to you know bust those big ones and i think that's kind of what you know nfl scouts were wondering is this going to be you know one year thing and then it's going to be corrected next year or you know fall back to the mean if you will um and i mean that's pretty much what we, we've seen so far this year out of not only just you know chuba but as the oklahoma state team as a whole is they've just kind of come back to the mean and that's why they've had such close games and games they probably should have lost but uh, if he plays this week and he's got a big game so um, if he if he plays well in this big game, maybe rips off a, a 65-yard touchdown or, or something crazy like that, maybe he sparks a little bit more talk about him heading into, you know, the back end of the year and, you know, headed towards the NFL draft. But we will see. Um, my offensive player in the draft, too, that is making some noise when it comes to um, the draft is going to be Kadarius Tony, a wide receiver out of Florida. We had mentioned, or I had mentioned him earlier. I think you might have as well, Sam. Um, he is just a different level of, you know, playmaker ability there uh, for Florida at the wide receiver position. Uh, everybody wanted to talk about Trevon, Trevin Grimes and everything like that. Um, and then Kadarius Tony is quietly putting together a solid season here. It's not, you know, earth shattering numbers for him because, you know, Kyle Pitts is the go-to guy, period. Um, outside of anybody on the team, it doesn't matter. You know, the number one target is Kyle Pitts, but Kadarius Tony just brings such an electrifying, electrifying feel to that offense. He, you think he's he's down, and then he's twirling around, twisting around, getting to somebody else. On the year, he's he's got 396 yards, um, you know, 36 catches, six touchdowns, um, averaging 11 yards per reception, which is all great, you know, numbers wise. And he's already <laughs> surpassed his touchdown mark for the past two years combined uh the past two years combined he only had two touchdowns this year he already has six he already has topped his yardage for last for the past three years as well um almost combined there as well he has almost 400 yards now he has passed his receptions for the past two years combined so you're really seeing you know tony get more play and everything here on that florida gator offense which is you know rolling at full steam ahead like we've already talked about but I think the problem with him is, you know, getting the touches that on that Florida offense, because everybody gets the ball there. You know, it's not just Kyle Pitts. It's not just Trevon, Trevin Grimes. It, it's not just Tony. The running backs get involved, too, even though, you you know, you don't hear about him as much. So um, if you continue to see, you know, Tony, you know, have good games. And this is the weekend where I think he should have an, an excellent game. And that's against the Vanderbilt um, Commodores, who they should absolutely whoop up on and be able to do something. I mean, look right here. He just threw a touchdown to uh or not a touchdown, but a, a huge deep pass right there. So the guy can do it all. He's not just a, a guy who catch the ball and make a, a quick move and, you know, break your ankles. But um, against this Vanderbilt team, he should be able to have a field day, and he might even go for multiple touchdowns and maybe maybe break 100 yards for the first time this season. Dude, I'm just watching something. He is shifty, man. I Like, just – You just, know what this is called? <laughs> this video is called the shiftiest player in the SEC. Yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> That is and awesome. They also, I think they also call him like the human joystick or something. <laughs> uh-huh. Um should see what his yards after the catch percent or stat is. I guess I should have looked that up, but um goodness. oh, I mean Kadarius Tony right there, like that is just a prime example of how unbelievably talented this wide receiver class is. I mean, I 
I I've heard people say it's talented, more talented than this past year's draft. I think it's just as talented, if not more talented. But I mean, if Kadarius Tony keeps it up, he could be a late day two, perhaps a gem of a day three pick. Um, but do you think? Do you think the the yardage factor in him not getting the I mean, the receptions and the yardage, is that going to be a huge factor when it comes to him, you know, being drafted and, you know, NFL scouts looking at In terms of statistics-wise? Yeah. I feel like it will play a factor because Kadarius Tony, like a lot of people, like you said, expected um, Trevin Grimes. And Kadarius Tony is not even the top guy. I mean, obviously, yeah, he was one of their – he didn't – I think he had seven – I think he went seven for 42 – against Arkansas this past week because he wasn't the top guy. I mean, he's he's still doing all these things like in the spotlight. And I do think statistics will play a little bit of a factor, but I think at some point you got to, especially for this guy, like talent has got to overtake statistics. And um, I think this guy will be a really nice return man for a team too. Um, like you just said, like he, he can do it all. And um, that's really ironic because I feel like I've seen highlights of it, but maybe I – I'm not sure if it was this one and I didn't realize the title is what shifty shiftiest player, but yeah, I mean, I think this guy could turn into a gem of a pick um, depending on where he's picked. And I think statistics might have a little bit of a pick, but I think at some point it, you got to do, it's got to be like, ta- I think at some point teams are going to be like, Oh, talent over statistics. But I mean, Kadarius Tony is, the second or third option. I mean, he's not in the spotlight. The spotlight is Kyle Pitts. And um, that's a big reason why I was glad that Devontae Smith came back is because I think he needed this year. I think, I think this year he's going to solidify himself as a first round talent. And I think it's real. it's so unfortunate that Jalen Waddle's out, but Devontae Smith was the third option. Third, I would say third, sometimes four, but, I mean, Devontae Smith was not in the spotlight. It was the Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy show. But you still right. saw multiple touchdowns. I think it was – was it six touchdowns in one game from him? I don't remember what matchup that was last year. But uh, Yeah, it was um, stupid. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. But, um, yeah, I mean, Kadarius Tony's not in the spotlight. And he's still doing – he's still putting up – like he's, he's still very talented. And for what he's been able to do, I think it's very impressive. Yeah, and you and I were talking about upside before we got on the show about basketball and everything. But I mean, that's that's. I feel like Tony's a prime example of a player who you can draft confidently, knowing that there's tons of upside and has a high ceiling. And if you get him in the right place with the right team and the right offensive position, uh, he can make you know noise for you. So um, somebody to watch as the year progresses and heading into the draft and seeing where he lands in terms of wide receivers there in the NFL draft. But. Moving on from our offensive NFL draft guys to watch, we'll move into our defensive players to watch, and we'll start with you, Sam. Who you got? <sighs> totally forgot what I was going to do because I was going to do Xavier Thomas. Um, oh, Sean Wade. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, yeah, so I got Sean Wade, and um, I think that – I actually, this this was the game. I think it really started. People started to open, like it started to really open the eyes of you know scouts or NFL expert, NFL draft analysts. Um, and I, I mean, you know how high I am on JC Horn. Um, he is physical at times, uh, but you I mean Sean Wade? I think provides a lot more physicality. Um, as I mean, as that corner. I mean, he's coming from out of nowhere, making these plays. But I mean, you're going up against Indiana, and 
Indiana looks really strong. Um, and I know we'll get to that as one of our upsets pretty quick here, but Indiana looks strong. Michael Penix looks very strong. I just had this statistic up. Um, Fry, Ty Freifogel, um, 40 plus targets, 0% drop passes. He doesn't have a drop pass at all with 40 plus targets all season. Um, so, I mean, they're going to put him up against him. Uh, it'll be Sean Waden versus Ty Froggle, Ty Freifogel. Um, that's <laughs> going to be an intriguing matchup, uh, in my opinion. I mean, Freifogel is not your. He's not your Jamar Chase. He's not your Rashad Bateman. I mean, but he's slowly, like, really opening the eyes of um, the college football world. I mean, as is Indiana as a whole. Um, but, I mean, I'm really excited to see Sean Wade. I think Sean Wade provides more of the physicality than J.C. Horn does. Um, I, I think J.C. Horn is physical. And, obviously, you mentioned his penalties a few weeks ago, which that is a factor. That definitely is. Um, something that he'll ha- he does have to work on, but I I, I like Sean Wade a lot. Um, um, I think some people have him. What I some people have Farley Ben Wade, right. but I think if Sean Wade keeps it up, I think I feel like he could very well, um, depending on what team it is, how they value with this player over this player, it could be Wade first. Um, I like Sean Wade a lot. Um, but Caleb Farley obviously opting out. I think he's already solidified first-round talent. Um, but Wade, I feel like it fluctuate all throughout the first round. But I think especially against this Indiana, strong Indiana offense, um, against a very talented receiver like Ty Freifogel, uh, elite hands. I mean, uh, he was one of – Four or five receivers on that list of 0% drop passes. Devontae Smith was another guy on that list um, with 40-plus targets and 0%, zero drop passes. So um, we might see the first one um, against that matchup against Ohio State, but Sean Wade is my guy to watch um, when he'll most likely probably be up against uh, Ty Freifogel. Yeah, I think it's 1A, 1B when it comes to you know, Sean Wade and, and Caleb Farley in terms of which corner is going to be taken first in the NFL draft this upcoming year. So uh, I personally would probably stick with Caleb Farley just because of the length that he has, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at that corner position, which is very, you know, coveted in the NFL nowadays with how big receivers are and everything. Uh, but I love Sean Wade too, just very raw, um, great athletic ability, you know, adjusts to the ball well, turns his head, flips his hips, great makes plays, um, I mean, you know, can change the game in an instant tip ball interception, just, you know, real great overall cover corner that you can stick out there by himself and feel very confident in him being able to guard the number one wide receiver. So uh, I I think this is going to be a huge matchup, you know, test for him um, here against, uh, who are they playing? Indiana. Indiana is a real scrappy, good team. Um, They're going to scrap their way. They're going to claw. They're going to fight. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Sean Wade does with the wide receivers. Um, there in Indiana, like you were talking about, I'm not even going to try and attempt, attempt his name. So, <laughs> <laughs> Ty Freifel. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't do that. Um, but my uh, defensive prospect to watch this week is going to be a guy out of Georgia, not very much talked about, um, and that's Aziz Ojulari. Okay, um, he's an edge guy from UGA. Um, these are his highlights from Auburn this year. So, um, keep an eye out on number 13 there on the edge for Georgia. He has had a great start to the season so far this year. Um, and they also missed the game, I believe, correct? Um, yep, uh, postponed last week. Yep. So they also missed the game last week, but he's got three and a half sacks, um, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, 
14 solo tackles, eight assisted. Um, just great. I think he has um, two passes defended against uh, against Alabama. Those two forced fumbles. Um, one came against uh, Tennessee, and then the fumble recovery also came against Tennessee. I don't know where the other one is. It might be um, a later game. I just can't pull it up right now. But um, Guy has been having an absolute field day when it comes to you know getting back there and getting back to the backfield where the quarterback is. Um, he's going to have another huge day this week against a Mississippi State team that is not as good as their first week look. Um, everything seems to be coming apart at the hinges. Everybody's you know opting out. Uh, and everything like that. So they, I'm not expecting this offense to put up a whole lot of numbers, but you know they're going to try to. It's a Mike Leach offense who just loves to throw the ball in, in the air raid, and that's exactly what this guy here is built for. Um, Aziz is built for, you know, just passing plays. So get that guy in the backfield. I, he could possibly even have three sacks and up his season total almost double here. Um, and, I mean, that would be tremendous. I mean, I expect it to happen when you have a quarterback that's going to drop back at least 60 times. So um, look out for Aziz this weekend against Mississippi State. Yeah, um, I like that too. And look, just looking at him too, he's he's got a really – he's got the perfect height. I mean, he's 6'3", maybe even says a little bit. Um, I wouldn't call that like a huge like issue. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great pick. I mean, I – Two weeks ago, when they played Florida, um, they didn't have all these star guys playing. I mean, Aziz Ojari did play. Monty Rice played. They didn't have Jordan Davis. Obviously, George Pickens. I don't. I don't think George Pickens was playing. They didn't have right. Richard LePount. Um, and that was that was that was. I mean, he wasn't the top tackler on their team. Um, what did he have? Uh, I think it was a little under. I think it was eight total, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Um, Against Florida. Yep. Yeah, five um, total. Five total. Um, I mean, yeah, it doesn't stand out. Um, but when you have guys like Jordan Davis out, like on your front line, I mean, you need someone else to step up. And Aziz, I mean, like he did with Ty Freifogel, I don't want to butcher this guy's name. Aziz yeah. Oljuari. Um, <laughs> Aziz Oljuari, I think he he's definitely stepped up. I mean, there's – there's definitely been some guys on um, that Georgia defense that have really stepped up. And when you think of that Georgia defense, I feel like going into this season, one of the first thing, one of the first things that people think of um, is Richard LeCount. Um, and now you're starting to see more like Monty Rice and Jordan Davis and um, Aziz Ajulari. So, I mean, and Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell. So, I mean, the secondary is like, uh, like the most, probably the most intriguing part of that defense um one of if not the most intriguing part of that defense and area um but i mean that front d line looks strong um yeah so. and it's crazy he's not going to be a guy that goes super high in the draft or anything like that i'm just talking about in terms <clears> of you know keep an eye on this guy he, he might be moving his way up draft boards after having a good start to his season here um he's only a redshirt sophomore so he can go um and usually i mean george is probably pushing guys in and out of you know that defensive lineup year in, year out as well. So uh, guys are going to come and go, and I expect this guy to go probably around, you know, mid-rounds there, maybe four or five um, sitting around there just because of his production. Um, and you were talking about that Florida game when everybody was out. Um, Ojolari was not out, and that shows by based off of out of his five tackles that he had, four of them were solo. And then in every other game you see this year, most of his tackles are assisted because of all the talent that he has around him. So – um, for him to be able to, you know, try and do the best he can. And I mean, 
he did a, a pretty you know bang up job against Florida as as best he could with all the pieces that he was missing around him. So um, you know, just keep an eye on him the rest of the season. It's somebody that I'm gonna keep an eye on for sure. Yeah. Um this is a guy I wanted to talk about before we kind of ended with our upset pick of the week. Um, and that's Christian Derrissaw. And I mentioned um, his matchup with Roche. And I think a lot of people were watching that. And some people on Twitter really took attention, really sparked attention on Twitter. I mean, Christian Derrissaw is very athletic and he's 6'4, 314 pounds. Um, he, held, he held Roche to 6'5, excuse me. Um, he held Roche to just two, to- two solo tackles. Um, and now I think another intriguing matchup f- to watch is Virginia Tech is going up against the Pitt defense. Uh, granted, Jalen Twyman opted out, Paris Ford opted out, but there's one guy that remains on that top uh, um, front D-line, um, and that's Patrick Jones the second. And we put him in our mock draft two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. Um, I don't remember where we had him mocked, but um, this guy's lengthy and athletic. I almost like this guy better than Quincy Roche. Um, he's had a little bit better of a season than Quincy Roche. Um, and I, I, that's another guy that I'm really, really, um, intrigued to see. And I think if he keeps that up, uh, Christian Dara saw that as, I think he could really start to solidify himself as first round, as a, as a first round draft pick. Um, cause the way he's playing right now, um, he is most definitely playing like a first round talented prospect. And I just want to put this up here real quick too, is he's the highest graded offensive lineman in the country right now at 95.9. Um, wow. So he he screams consistency, and that's that's another guy, offensive player that um, has really sparked the attention um, of of the college football world. I know we don't necessarily talk um, offensive line prospects much, but yeah, I mean, I really like Christian Derrissaw a lot. Yeah, uh, I think you admitted to me to, to him to me before, um, and that's crazy. I didn't even know he's the highest graded, you know, offensive lineman in the nation right now. So that's props to him. Uh, definitely somebody to keep an eye on with those type of stats and and you know grades. Um, that's fantastic. All right, and that leads us into our last segment of the night, guys, and that's our Week Twelve upset picks. <clears throat> Um, I guess you'll start it off again, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I have K-State, Kansas State beating up um, Iowa State. And it seems like Brock Purdy is a really – it seems like he's a boomer bust, bust prospect at this point because he was he was shattering Iowa State records last year. And Matt Campbell, Iowa State head coach, was really praising him, had really high hopes for him, high praise for him. You know, a lot of hype coming into the season too. I mean, not necessarily first round talent, but I mean, as early as the second round, I think I, I saw like the bears um, one fit. I really like um, for him. And I think he would really benefit from him is the Pittsburgh Steelers um, depending on how far he falls. But I mean, he might not get drafted in the first three rounds, um, but I have K state beating them. Um, Kansas state's been strong this year. Um, I think they do have a freshman quarterback in, I mentioned Skylar Thompson a few weeks ago. Skylar Thompson, Skylar Thompson um, is out for the year. The torn ACL, I think, is a torn ACL. Um, but Kansas State's been strong this year, and they've got some really impressive wins. They beat they beat Oklahoma one of the first few games of the season. They upset Oklahoma, um, and I think this is another upset uh, waiting to happen for Iowa um, for Kansas State. I think Kansas State's going to beat um, Iowa State, and. Um, Nobody really talks about Brock Purdy much. Um, I thought about picking him as my offensive guy. I mean, because I'm really rooting for Brock Purdy, but I mean, he's he's struggling. 
Yeah, uh, I, I had that as one of my <clears throat> picks too for the upset this week. Um, but I decided to go with another game, and it's probably the biggest game that everybody's kind of going to be paying attention to this weekend. It's at noon on Saturday when Indiana heads to Ohio State to take on the Buckeyes. I think it's a nine versus three matchup, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, it's going to be a great grinded out game. I, I'm looking forward to it. I think this is when Ohio State comes. This is the one game Ohio State loses a year, you know. There's always one game Ohio State you know, might drop, and I think this is the time for them for it to happen is against these Hoosiers. Um, they are a scrappy team. Penix is absolutely legit at a quarterback. As a quarterback, um, I love his play. Um, it, it's just a different Indiana team than you used to seeing. I mean, they've always been kind of you know rough and tough guys, but never really had the talent or anything to accompany it. Um, they've got a little bit more talent than they're used to. <clears throat> this Indiana team has looked legit. This thus far into the season, uh, I know Andrew Williams isn't going to like this, but uh, I think this we see you know a multi turnover game from Justin Fields. He's going to be you know falling down the highs and boards after this game, and you know I'll make a little bit of a score prediction here. I think I'm probably going to go like like it'll be 28-17 Indiana. That's that's the level of game I'm I'm expecting here. Well, you're really high in Indiana. I mean, a lot of people. Through, I will say, I do think Justin Fields is first round talent. Um, Rutgers over Michigan. I mean, I didn't. I was gonna. I thought about picking that too. Um, I didn't. I didn't know if like if Michigan, if Rutgers beating Michigan was considered an upset. Neither of them are ranked. They're both one and three. Um, yeah, I, I definitely thought about picking that. I mean, because Michigan State beat Michigan. Rutgers beat Michigan State week one. Um, but I mean, back to Ohio State. Um, speaking of Ohio State. Um, I'm not sure if you know who Quinn Ewers is. Quinn Ewers is the top quarterback prospect, just committed um, yeah, during our show. Right. Um, just committed. Yeah, committed um, from Texas. Yep. So he decommitted from Texas. Um, I think the crystal ball was on Ohio State. Um, so they're going to be Quinn Ewers next year. I think there's, I think CJ, they're going to have Quinn Ewers, CJ Stroud. Um, but Quinn Ewers, <laughs> when I was reading, um, I don't know if you watch it, if I've ever watched his highlights, like he's, he looks legit too. I mean, the people were saying that he's got talent, skill, and talent-wise, comparison to Trevor Lawrence. So that's a lot of hype that living up to that. So, um, but yeah, Quinn Ewers to Ohio State. And in terms of Justin Fields, I do think Justin Fields is absolutely first-round talent. Um, one, I do think this will be a statement win, and um, if they do win it, um, and how they've played what two, three games thus far um because their game last week got can't or got postponed um actually i think it was canceled um but people are already already putting justin fields in the heisman race through like two three games but um to me i don't think it's like moronic but i think once you see ohio state play more games i think you'll see justin fields fly off those heisman boards um but big game from trevor lawrence against florida state i'm sorry to break that to you but (laughs) um (laughs) But yeah, I mean, if, if Indiana pulls this off, um, they like I if I'm not, I think the, the Badgers play Indiana in a few weeks too. Um, so that is going to be a really intriguing matchup. Like Wisconsin looks legit, especially with all these young players on this team. But if Indiana can, if, if they somehow beat Ohio State, I will be shocked and utterly impressed um, because to me. I think Ohio State can still beat Clemson. Uh, I think it would be very close, but I think I think Ohio State is such a strong team this year. Uh, you're bringing back 
um, Chris Olave. Um, you got Garrett Wilson, who I think is going to be a I think he's the second best receiver in the class. As of right now, I'd, put, I'd take George Pickens over him. But, um, yeah, I mean, Garrett Wilson, uh, obviously along with George Pickens, but Garrett Wilson is one of those he, one of those leaders of that 22 wide receiver class if he does intend to enter that year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if they pull this off, I'll be shocked. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a shock to everybody, I think. But I, I'm just going to call it so I can you know, tell everybody I called it when if it does happen. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, you can tell great. Andrew too. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I can rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, you know, it's we're gonna go ahead and round it up now. Um, we can log off. Yeah, um, tickers right there. Well, I guess above the tickers, uh, set standouts USN. Uh, give uh, my Twitter a follow. Uh, it's should be right under, right next to my username or my name as well. Send underscore Darren sixty eight. Go give Dairy Sports a follow. Go give uh, Matt. Go listen to Matt and I tomorrow afternoon over on Sportscast for the Title Town Show, breaking down the Packers. Yeah, you got a lot of you got a lot of Dairy Sports going on uh, right now. NBA and everything's getting going, and Milwaukee's starting to make a lot of noise with trying to create <clears throat> around Giannis. But um, yeah, quick shout out to my FSU podcast and my broadcast, Rivalry. <clears throat> Um, did an episode uh, last night or two nights ago um, with one of the main basketball writers for Noel Game Day. So it was an awesome interview talking about basketball since our basketball actually has a team and our football team does not. Um, and then also we do Unwrap University Live 11 a.m. Eastern time on Saturday mornings with your host, Andrew Williams, who is a Justin Fields backer for his entire lifetime. Um, also do Unwrapping These Bands, which we're probably about to get started back up again here shortly. Um, I think we're going to have maybe a couple of different people running it this time, just because um, the people who originally started that, me, myself, Steve, and um, Mark are a little busy now running a lot of different things. So um, be sure to follow on Rathbase as well. You can follow me personally at chsnoll. Head over to mybookie.ag. Use code USN100 for double your first deposit. Guys, spend $100, get $100 on your first deposit. It's great <clears> stuff. Head over to rxhemp.com. Use code rxhemp. Cash USN for 10% off every single purchase of your all natural pain relief cream that is CBD infused. Great stuff we got going on USN. It's only going to continue to grow. And a quick shout out to our girl, Amber Vickers, who was just named a USN. Um, so Unwrap Sports Network director today. She is going to be on at eight o'clock, which is right now. So we're going to go ahead and get off for you guys. Um, head over to USN and be able to watch her. Thanks, Sam.